Okie jakey, let's get into this. Hi, I'm Jo and this is Semi Growing Up, a podcast all about university life and I normally do like a little roundup of the week, but if you're listening to today's episode, you know, about five days before you have to apply, you're probably in a bit of a hurry, so I should get straight into it. Um, today's episode is all about picking a higher education course and this is going to be a bit of a crash course, like I go into detail about everything, but again, if you're listening to this now with a couple of days to go, all you really want is just a quick overview of your options and the incredible courses you can study. Very exciting stuff. So going to university is a really big thing, but before you can even consider going to university, you have to pick a course. And by now you've probably, you know, flicked through a hundred prospecti, prospecti, prospectuses, prospecti we'll stick with, watch, you know, dozens of vlogs about university life and, you know, what it's like to study at university, maybe study tips if you're one of those people, I am, hands up guilty. Your entire bookmarks are probably just university pages being like, come study here, why you should join us. And maybe you've decided you definitely want to go or maybe you're just on the fence, but either way, that's cool. So as I said, and I will continue to say in every single thing that I put out, university isn't everything. But if you are even slightly considering it, or if you're hesitant, I was hesitant, just put in an application through UCAS. As I said, it's like £25 when I applied. Just put it in, get your universities in, even if you're not sure in your course right now, like just put in your application and you can either pull out later, defer, or change your course. Like there are so many options, but the last thing you wanna do is get stuck on results day being like, I don't know where I'm going, I'm not going to university, and just feeling really confused about your future. So as I mentioned, the UCAS deadline is for 2021, it is the 29th of January, but there are options later in the year like clearing or when you've actually started to change your course, but right now it's just about getting in your application, applying for something and getting some kind of like vision in your head as to what you're expecting from university. So as I like to mention in every episode, higher education isn't for everyone and that's okay. But you know, if you are on the fence, do apply. Um, And there'll be a whole separate episode on options that aren't like, you know, directly higher education. So more apprenticeships, things like that. And then just going straight into the workplace. But today's episode, because of our time constraints and the the slight panic in my voice is starting to show, (laughs) is going to be about picking your perfect higher education course. And yeah, as I said, there are so many options to change your course along the line. And if you're worried about changing, that is okay. I changed my course three times. I went from a joint honours application to a single honours application and then changed it and then changed uni and changed it again. And I was constantly on the phone to the clearing hotline. They knew my name by the end of it. They hated me. It it was just an absolute palaver, but it all worked out in the end. And I'm now on a course, I'm now in my second year on a course that I'm feeling confident with and happy with. So some people have their options planned out for ages. I mean, I kind of knew what I wanted from about 11, but some people also do not know until the day they apply. Like, as I said, I changed my course. I, 11 year old me was very wrong. But while it does make it easier if you have a sense of direction, we're just gonna be covering some ways to, you know, pick a course that's right for you, even if you do feel a little bit stumped at the minute. 
So if you have already decided which field or like which kind of subject area you want to go into, it's all about first things first, picking the uni that's right for you. But again, more of this coming out in a later episode, probably before clearing as I've missed the deadline for this year and I just don't have time to run through in detail like how you pick a uni. That's not doable before the deadline. However, UCAS do have a whole series of pages universities have virtual open days and also clearing days so again if you've already got a uni amazing if you don't that's okay you can change that nearer the time and so again once you've already decided which kind of area you want to go to it's then about narrowing it down to a specific course that works for you so you may want to skip over the next few steps because that's mostly aimed at people who haven't already decided their subject area like if that is you but it could also be useful for helping you carry out this step. But yeah, like this is especially the case with things like science. I know people who picked triple science for A-level and then they they obviously were gonna go and do a science degree. (laughs) You know, it would be unconventional for them to have studied those A-levels and then not done that. So then it was just about picking, you know, which of the A-levels they wanted to go into, whether they wanted to specialize in something, like I've got a friend doing orthopedics. I know people who did chemistry, forensic science, policing, that kind of thing. Like there are so many options within the field. It's just about narrowing your option down and going for it. Okay. and. If you haven't picked a subject, looking at past me, I see you, Joe. It would be worth thinking about a few things. So I would, if I were you, this is what I did, big piece of paper and get every single prospectus you own and just go through and highlight any course that sounds interesting to you. I probably had about 15 that I was just highlighting through and then I wrote down the name and anything that came up more than once, that sort of became like a serious consideration because it was something I kept coming back to. So for me, that was journalism, English, any kind of like tourism, hospitality event thing. I had international relations on there, photography, and I'm terrible with the camera, so very much not the one. I had dance, I had drama, I had musical theater on there a couple of times. Just anything you can think of. I had creative writing, that was a good one. Oh, I almost did creative writing. Sometimes I wish I did. Anyway that really helps to get a vision because it can be so overwhelming looking at your options and being like oh my god where do i start where do i start it's a really good way to get your head in check and to give you a foot up to absolutely narrow it down and i think that entire process will be dictated by and and really guide you towards the things that you like and so whether that's a subject you're already studying and like one of your a levels or a gcse or something or whether it's something brand new, your subconscious knows you better than you do. (laughs) And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the things you're drawn towards are usually gonna be the things that will interest you the most. And this is something I'm gonna touch on in a little bit. Like, it doesn't have to be something that you love, because I read a whole series of articles recently about, you know, your future career, which is what a lot of people choose their degree for, like to aid towards that point. Shouldn't always be about something you love, just something you're good at, which ties into our next point, which is what did you excel at at GCSEs, at A-levels, any kind of BTECs you did? Like what were your standout subjects? So again, for me, that was English. English was the subject that I was best at always. And so I just followed through with it and I was like, okay, creative writing, English lit, journalism, anything along those lines, I knew was a good guiding route. And you could be sitting there going, I'm really bad at everything. That was also me. Even though I was on paper good at English, I was like, I'm terrible, I can't do any of this. In which case, pick something brand new. Just go for whatever sounds the most fun. Some courses have specific institutions like conservatoires, which are 
kind of like normal unis but with a bigger focus on practicals so the weighting of the actual degree tends to be more practical i think that's what i'm trying to say so there'll be kind of assessment like grade based things but especially for music like abrsm grades or you know specific modules my friends at a dance school and she does specific like tap modules and my film friends make projects for their assessments if they're a specific one whereas a lot of normal unis will be kind of like more theory classroom based but we'll still have that practical so it's really just about deciding how in depth you want to go again i'll talk more about conservatoires versus uni in a different episode about choosing the right institution for you but yeah as i said most of these subjects are offered most of these subjects are offered at both institutions you know unis and conservatoires or like specialized academy type things but for a lot of them you will have to audition. You'll get these nearer down, oh sorry, later down the line, probably, I don't even know if they'll do auditions this year, maybe like virtual auditions or something. But I think a thing to consider here is, oh gosh, honestly, I just talked about how tragic my um, music theatre experience was. For like conservatoires or like big performing colleges, you know, like Performers College, Italia Conti, I think I said that right, or Guildford, like GSA you might get rejected because they have a small intake and that's something to be realistic about. So if you are applying for a conservatoire, maybe consider having a backup of a uni or like a different kind of performing college, just as like a little backup in case. And next comes the slightly overwhelming topic. If you're going to uni, I'm pretty sure this doesn't count for conservatoires, of picking either a joint or a single honours. For a lot of people, this will be completely sorted by your choice of subject and so if you've picked something like i'm trying to think something that doesn't go on any kind of joint honors list because they're everything i can think of immediately so if you've picked a subject like you know some natural sciences maybe geography um also some kind of like the subjects english creative writing history classical civilizations there are a handful of unis around the country that offer joint honors which again I would do a whole nother thing on joint honours because they're relatively easy to understand but can seem overwhelming at first but in short it's kind of like you can combine two subjects that you're interested in in one degree. Um, There are more conventional combinations so things like English and creative writing, creative writing, history and classical civilization, natural sciences, geography, as I said like I, I kind of listed them together in the initial brainstorming because they tend to go together but you can also do things that are absolutely wacky like sports science and English language or you know, for some places like media and events management, you you can do that and the university will support you through them, but that varies by institution. So a couple of them that I was looking at, again, I'll go into this more another day. So I'm just going to skip through this really, really quickly. When I was applying for uni, they had them in columns. And so you could pick one from A and C, but not from B and D, that kind of thing. But effectively two subjects, no extra modules, same credits, just a wider scope to broaden your education and your job prospects if that's what you're into. If you are panic applying, I would suggest against an unconventional pairing and maybe go for something more typical if you are going to do a joint honours or just stick with a single honours because it is a lot to get into, especially if your brain is in go, go, go mode. And the next thing you need to consider is how you want to study. So whether you want to go full-time, part-time, you want to do some distance and blended learning which is pretty much what everyone's doing 
this year. I don't know if that'll carry into next year. Perhaps it really depends what happens with the global circumstances. It really is unpredictable, but you can also do accelerated degrees and work-based learning degrees. So I'm just gonna do a quick run through of these. So full-time is, you know, a standard Again, it depends by course, but for most of them, it's three days a week you're in lectures and you can do other things like go have a job, but you are a full-time uni student. As a part-time, that tends to increase the length of your degree. So you're only doing like one lecture. This is used a lot by people who are working, have families, or, you know, for whatever reason, don't want to do a full-time degree. You'll still get your degree. It will still be worth as much. It's just not full-time. Then you've got distance and blended learning, which, yeah, as I said, is pretty much like the standard now. So if you are doing that, your quality of education will probably shoot through the roof next year with the best year for blended learning that has ever been. But yeah, so these are things like Open University, which are done mostly online. Again, good for people who are working and have families. And so the majority is online and they'll have a few things like residential weekends specifically for subjects like sciences where you'll all go and do like a big practical but if you don't want to do that you can still do it from home and just work like that. Then you've got accelerated degrees so the typical uni year format follows a two to three semesters depending on your institution then a summer break and then that again most degrees between three and four years depending what you're studying if you have placement years etc etc placement years a whole nother game altogether if you're applying for a degree just put a placement year in you can take it out later it's easier to apply with one than apply without one and try to get one just a heads up but accelerated degrees work on a different schedule so a couple that i was looking at they did oh gosh try and remember they were like 18 month degrees and so you wouldn't get a Christmas or a summer break and you do more lectures per week. And so it was kind of like a, think like an intensive driving course. Some examples of this are Coventry University. They do a whole bunch of them and the Edge Hotel School at Essex, which, which offers them for about three or four different subjects and will get you into the working place so much faster than a standard degree. And then finally you have work-based learning. I was struggling a bit to find examples for this, but I think a couple of companies that do this are like apprenticeship ones. So that's like Rolls-Royce, the army, and they offer like education training. So you're getting a degree while you're getting work experience. It's beneficial for both the individual and the workplace because then you have like more trained employees, that kind of thing. So like effectively entry level age brackets in like medium to high skill positions. It's a really beneficial way of doing it. they tend to be cheaper you can get sponsored by the company or organization but if you're planning on doing this it might be worth waiting until next year just because of the cramp deadline because a couple of them require extra steps and different like interviews and stuff so you could feasibly do it but sometimes you have to apply through the actual organization so if there's a still open just go for it take the opportunity because it is such a good one but if they're not then just wait for next year and i think my final tips here are You need to be real about your choices and consider a few things. So like, will you be happy doing it long-term? You know, you can start out on a degree with all your university, fresh doe-eyed hopes and dreams, and then get six months in and be like, oh my gosh, I hate this. I really hate this. So one of my friends did that. She left after three months and started a new course the next year, which she then didn't like. But you know, it's, you have the opportunity to change while you're at uni and it's okay to change things like, you know, as I said, I changed my mind a lot, but you need to consider your welfare and whether, you know, it might not be your favorite subject ever, but 
whether you'll get enjoyment out of it because for a lot of people the academic success correlates with their interest in a subject. Secondly is will you be good at it? I know this is not something that anyone likes to think about you know being bad at things but if I went and did a maths degree it would just be absolute carnage and as much as you might want to do something wanting to do something is a big enough push and you know you have to put in the work to match it but people sometimes have a natural affinity for things if you are better at something than you are something else then maybe consider going towards the thing that you're better at just to take some of the stress out because university isn't always easy for some people they find it so easy others they really don't and there's no point in making it more difficult for yourself honestly Uh, Number three is probably the biggest one is who are you doing it for? Whatever course, whatever higher education institute, whether you go to higher education institute or not, you need to just consider who are you doing it for? Are you doing it for you or are you doing it to like fulfill someone else's dreams? Because if I'd have signed up for Spanish, I cannot at present speak more than about a sentence in Spanish that wouldn't have been something I was doing for me, it would have been to say for my dad who speaks Spanish. And at no point did my dad turn around and go, you know, Joe, you have to, you have to go and study Spanish because that would be ridiculous because I cannot speak a word of Spanish. A lot of people put themselves in positions where they are, where they're applying for courses just to fulfill someone else's dreams. And you might have family pressures or society pressures on you to go into a specific role, but you are in control of your choices. And the last thing that I'd want you to do is to put yourself in a situation that you're gonna hate down the line. And then finally, will you have the UCAS points for it? And you have no way of predicting, especially this year, it's a very difficult situation to be in. But asking yourself whether you'd have the UCAS points for it and considering it from a practical point of view, will really allow you to, you know, fine tune your route. So there are some unis and courses that are immediately out of the question for me, just because my UCAS points were not as high as I wanted them to be. And that is totally okay. You know, that that's fine. I'm doing a course that I'm happy with at an institution I'm happy with, but I set out with two high expectations, you know, thinking that I was going to get these massively high grades and get anywhere I want to, but that's not accurate. And so if you are worried about your UCAS points, there are options for foundation years, which tend to have lower entry grades requirements. If I remember correctly, about like 20 lower. So say for a course, you'll need a BBC, you'll only need CCC or CDD, some, or maybe like even one A-level or some, for some people, none. You know, you just put in a, a written application and that'll get you through. But I, and so while it's really important to aim high and put options in there for courses and institutions that reflect your potential ability it's also important to have a couple there just as backups as like uh, I didn't make it but that's okay because I've got somewhere else that I am excited to go to you know if you're looking for any more info or specifics questions I haven't answered you can go to the UCAS website because they have a whole little article on it so if you go the UCAS undergraduate what am I to study and then choosing a course that has like a little guide all through there and you can just you can then browse at your own pace and just work through it again you've got a couple days left you can do it and I feel like everyone every now and then just needs an over enthusiastic girl alone in her kitchen to tell you that you can do it and that it's scary but if you want to go to uni and you've left it till the last minute as I did there are still options and things will be okay So yeah, 
So if there's anything else you'd like to hear me talk about, either in relation to uni life or applications for clearing, you can let me know by DMing me at semigrownuppodcast on Instagram or emailing me at semigrownuppodcast at gmail.com. I also have a blog, so if you want to have a little peruse up there, I've covered a few topics already just about general uni life, but I'm more than happy to go into depth about, you know, the application process and actually getting there. So that's all from me. I know this is an absolutely overwhelming topic and you're probably sat rocking back and forth terrified at this point and that's okay honestly I know it doesn't feel okay but that's okay go get yourself a glass of water come back and just go in with a clear mind you know get yourself a piece of paper and start thinking about everything that you love because that is a great starting place I promise if you want to get that application in it's going to be a lot less overwhelming once you have and that things are hard right now but once you step on uni campus for the first time, it's a really good feeling. And especially when you start doing a course that you absolutely love and you come to lectures and you're excited and there, there are so many good moments to look forward to and things are hard now, especially at the time of recording because, you know, everything is happening and the future might seem uncertain, but it will get better. But you will start higher education and you will just be so glad that you went through all of the thigh high mud without welly boots because it will pay off. Maybe. Or you might hate it, but regardless, you tried. So I'm going to end the episode. Remember, stay hydrated, put in your application if you want to, and just have a good day. See you later.